The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. We've been talking about the abundant life. And in the abundant life, we, uh, as we've talked about that, we've looked at a lot of different aspects of, of living the abundant life. And we had 12 steps, and I'm not sure uh, that I've given you 12 steps. I know this will be number 11, and I, I may have misnumbered or miscounted, but... Uh, regardless, this is our last sermon, our last uh, sermon in this series uh, about living the abundant life and what God has for us. And uh, in a certain village in Europe several centuries ago, a nobleman, he wondered what legacy he might leave to his town people. And uh, he decided that he would build a church for a legacy. And the completed plans were kept a, a secret, and when people gathered, they marveled at the church's beauty and its completeness, and uh, following many comments of praise, uh, an astute observer inquired, but there's no lamps, and how will the church be lighted? Without answering, the nobleman pointed to some brackets on the wall, and then he gave each church family a lamp that would be carried to the worship service and hung on the wall. And he said this in his explanation, each time you're not here, uh, or each time that you are here and where you're seated, that'll be lighted, that area. But each time you're not here, that area will be dark. So when you fail to come, some part of God's house will be darkened. Well, I kind of like that illustration because I think it's really true for us. God has called us and He's set us apart to be a part of His church. And, you know, when you're not here, we, we miss you and you're missed. And, and the light that God has given you to shine, you, we miss out on that light. And, and when we're not shining our light into the world, then that, that part of uh, God's light's not being shined. But, but that's not my point this morning. I, I, I really want us to think this morning about legacy. And uh, Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1 uh, I'm going to read a couple of different translations of that. They're basically the same, but, but they're going to be a little bit worded a little different, and they may be a little worded a little different in your Bible. But the, the, the one I've chose to start with this morning is this, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. If you want to leave something for those who follow you, you need to live a legacy. Now, I didn't say leave a legacy. I said live a legacy. And that's my 11th step today to living an abundant life, living an abundant life. And that may be number 12. But, you know, abundance is not about what we have today, but what we leave for tomorrow. And as you go back to that illustration about that nobleman, you can kind of see that he, he had a legacy that he wanted to leave, and he lived that in his life. And, and living a, le- a legacy, I want you to think about this, and I, I've been at a lot of funerals and done a lot of funerals and gone to a lot of funerals. And, and you know, when, we, when we're at a funeral, we seldom hear people uh, boasting at the end of life about how much they've had, what they've made, how big their house was, where they lived, the, the kind of car they drove. But, but what people talk about is the legacy that was left behind, whatever that may be. And, and that's kind of what people gather around, their children, their friends, their accomplishments, their, their lasting value that they added to the world around them. That's, that's how we're remembered, and that's how we measure someone's life in abundance. It's really by the legacy that they leave. And, and we finish this series again, as I already said, and, and as we close this up, I want to give you four things 
that will help you leave a legacy that honors God. Because I believe really to have an abundant life, for us to live life abundantly, we're going to live a legacy in our everyday life. And when we live a legacy, I think we're finding that abundant life or part of that abundant life that God has for us. So this morning, we're going to look at uh, four different things and we're going to have some interesting uh, people to talk about here at the end. And uh, so first thing I want us to think about this is, is live with integrity. If we're going to leave a legacy and if we're going to have uh, uh, reach this abundant life that God wants us to have, I think we need to live a life with integrity. And again, Proverbs 22.1, this is a little different translation. It says this, A good name is to be more desired than great wealth, and favor is better than silver or gold. And, and I want us to think about a good name. I want us to think about a t- integrity. I want to think about the, the type of life we're living and the type of name we have. You know, uh, no amount of money can buy a, a good name for a person, and, and no amount of power can fix a bad reputation. Uh, I heard a story one time about a, a gangster that had died, and he was just, uh, he was just a terrible guy. And uh, his brother came to the, to the minister and said, I'll tell you what, when you get up there and preach my brother's funeral, you better call him a saint. If you don't call him a saint, you're not going to like what happens. Well, the preacher spent that night thinking about what he was going to do. So the next day as he got up and he needed to be honest, he said, this man was a terrible man. He robbed, he stole, he cheated. He was immoral in all his dealings. Everything he did was bad in life. But compared to his brother, he's a saint. And so, uh, leave a legacy. I remember David Verasca, he, uh, we was at a, uh, I think it was at the hospital at, uh, when Patsy passed away. And uh, I was there in the hall and we were all talking and and uh, he had a T-shirt on, and he, it said on his T-shirt, uh, live the kind of life that the preacher don't have to lie at your funeral. <laughs> and that stuck with me, you know, live the kind of life that the, the preacher don't have to lie at your funeral. And, and I want you to think about living a life of integrity. You know, we look at the news, and we listen to reports, and we just passed campaign season and campaign season's fixing to start again and we watch men and women who claim to be people of integrity and then they fall on their faces we see televangelists we see all kind of people that put out this uh this life of integrity and and before long things are revealed the bible says be sure that your sin's going to find you out and and we're talking about an abundant life and we're talking about leaving a legacy and and we need to think about living that life of integrity and when we do that if we want people to have an abundant life and if we want to have an abundant life we need to be who we are and who we say we are. And, and we're going to talk about that, leaving a, a legacy of integrity in our family, in our friends, in our co-workers, and, and people we deal with. What kind of legacy do they see in you? 
And here's the good thing. It doesn't matter where we are up to this point. We can always start anew. Isn't that the great thing about God? You know, wherever you are, wherever you've been, whatever your past looks like, He says, behold, I make all things new. So, so wherever we are, we can start that process or we can complete that process. We can move on to that process. I heard it said that you may be able to fool everyone else about who you are, but you'll never fool the man or woman that looks back at you in the mirror, that he knows or she knows who you really are. And I want us to think about when we, when we have a life of integrity and we're living that life of integrity, we know ourselves and, and we may be able to fool everyone else, but we need to let integrity define our lives. And when we look in the mirror and that person that looks back at us, we know who we are. And I believe abundance is found in being able to look at ourselves in the mirror and look at ourselves through the heart of God and having that life of integrity. When we have that, you know what? It frees us up to live free, doesn't it? I mean, it frees us up to have a life that, that, that we enjoy and we don't have to hide something. We don't have to try to be something we're not for other people. We just live who we are. And that's living a life of integrity. And when we do that, I think we found a key to the abundance life. Here's the second thing. We need to live by principles. We need to we need to live life not only with integrity but by by a principle. And Paul says in Ephesians four fourteen and fifteen. As a result, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by every by the waves and carried about by every kind of wind of doctrine. You see what he's talking about? He's talking about men come and they trick us and they're they're crafty and they're de- they're scheming and they're deceitful in their scheming. But we need to be speaking the truth in love. We're all to grow up in all aspects into Him, Christ, who is the head, even Christ. So I think this is, this is a little bit skating a little bit here, but I want you to think about this. Abundance is found when we stop trying to make everyone happy. Now, don't, I don't want you to raise your hand. I'm going to get you to say amen here in a minute. I, I know y'all is afraid somebody will see us raising our hand in here and scare them off, but it's really okay to do that. But, but I want you to think about this. How many of you live a life trying to make everybody happy? That's a tough life, isn't it? If you've done that, and I've done that before, and, and uh, it, it's a tough life. So, so what I mean by saying quit trying to live a life that makes everyone happy I'm not saying we've got to just go out and please ourselves all the time. I'm saying we need to live by principles. And when we live a life by principles, in other words, this is, this is my principle. This is, what, this is what I live. This is what I believe. When we start living that way, I think we're going to understand that that's an abundant life. We don't have to go around worrying and trying to please everyone. One thing I want to tell you here today, I want you to know this and understand. By what I preach... By what I say, by what I do, by something I suggest, by, by some direction we go as a church or I go as an individual, sooner or later, I'm going to let you down. It's going to happen. Sooner or later, there's, there, there's going to be, if I hadn't already, and I know some I already have because I, I, I've heard from you, but, but sooner or later that's going to happen. And I know uh, I've disappointed some folks and I understand that. And, and you know what? That's okay. Now, if that bothered you, me saying that's okay, you know why that bothered you? 
Because you're a people pleaser. You just say, well, you shouldn't do that. You should try to please everyone. Now, if I, get, if I get away from God's Word, and I'm not saying that I've always been where God wants me to be, but from this pulpit, if I'm away from God's Word and, and that displeases you, come let me know. But if it's simply something that, that I'm in God's Word and you say, well, I don't know if I believe that, well, take that up with God. Because if we live our life by principles, we're not going to make everyone happy, but we're going to be where God wants us to be. And if we're where God wants us to be, you know what? We're in abundant life, aren't we? So when we think about that, really thinking about living a life by principles and being guided by principles and not being guided by popularity. When we're guided by popularity, you know what happens? We end up putting on that false facade again. We end up trying to be something we're not. But when we live a life and saying, this is the principles that I'm going to live by. These are God's principles for my life. And when we live that life, even if people get disappointed or you've let someone down because you've not done exactly what they wanted. You can have an abundant life at the end of the day because you can say, you know what? I'm exactly where God wants me to be. And I'm, I'm living the life God wants me to live. And when we do that, we're living by principles and we reach the abundant life. Here's the third thing. Live with intentionality. In other words, live with some type of purpose in life. There are so many people that just kind of live life with no purpose, no direction. And, and I know we've, I've prayed with people. And when I was a youth minister, I talked to so many youth and young people that, that say, you know, I just don't know what purpose is. I don't know what God intends for me. And, and when we, when we, when we're, when we're wandering around in those areas, you know what? We're, we're not having abundant life, are we? We can go all the way back to what Paul said in Ephesians. When we're, when we're living that life of just letting the wind blow us around, when we're being deceived by, ske- uh, by, by scheming of deceitful men, when we're carried around by every wave and, and every doctrine that blows by and the trickery of men, when we're living, we're not living with, with an intentional life. We're not living with purpose. We're being tossed around. And, and what Paul says about us, when we're living that life, right there in Ephesians 4, uh, chapter 14 and 15, he says that's as a child lives. And he's talking about, this morning I'm talking about spiritually, when we're growing spiritually, we need to live not only with integrity, not only in principles, but we need to live with intentionality. We need to live with purpose within our life. You know, uh, your world, your family, your marriage, uh, we, need to, we need to work towards making that a better place intentionally. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, listen to what it says, Therefore be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Paul says this, we need to be careful how we walk. We don't need to walk as unwise, but wise. We need to walk with purpose. We need to walk intentionally this way, because we need to make the most of our time. We need to seize the moment. Because days we live in are evil. You know, I like to go camping. If you know me, you, you know that. We like to go out and, and we spend a, a week or two at uh, the Deer Lease and we'll even go out to the lake and spend a week occasionally. We used to do that more than we do now, but we're going to get back at that. And, and something we, we kind of always have done is we always try to leave the place better than we found it. If you're a, if you're a camper and, and you like to go camping, do you ever just go, I mean, you go to, to some place like a, 
academy and you walk around and you, you pick out little things that you say, oh, this would be good. This would go good in camp. And this would go, we did that. Y'all know that I, I've hunted in South Texas and we've been on the same place for 27 years and we lost it this year. We had to move. And you know, after you haul junk somewhere for 27 years, what it takes to move, to move all of that stuff. But you know, that whole thing was, was all of us kind of gathered together and we just kind of thought, hey, we're going to, we're going to make this better. We're going to make this better. We're going to make this better. Well, well, think about that in life. You know, think about how, how do we live daily intentionally with purpose that we would have a better life, that things would be better. And remember, we're talking about leaving a legacy. So I want you to say amen this morning. Let's practice. Say amen. Amen. You know, I hate when people do that. I hate when people make me do stuff like that when I just want to sit there and be unhappy and they make me do something. We went to the races last night and the guy, the announcer always goes, are you ready for some racing? And I'm like, I paid to get in. I'm ready. I don't need to hear you. I don't need to say, yeah, you know, and all that. And, uh, and uh, I, I just hate that. So uh, some of you hate me doing that. But, but I, want you to, I want you to amen. If you can think about someone, and, and don't do it yet, that had a great impact on your life. Now, I'm going to list some people, but I want you to think back over your life. And I want you to think about, have you had a grandparent that's had an impact on your life? Say Amen. Or a parent, or a Sunday school teacher, or a deacon. Oh, that's pretty weak, deacons. <laughs> Not many there. What about a school teacher? Bless her heart, Miss Smith, my English teacher. Y'all, y'all can feel for her, can't you? Oh, I gave her so much, so much, and I, I took her two years. I liked her so much, you know. It took me that long to get out of there, but, you know... I'm going to talk about Shakespeare in a, more, in a minute. Y'all believe that? Miss Smith would be so proud of that. She'd say, oh, Jakey, I'm just so proud you learned that in my class. I hated that class. But, but anyway, if there are people in your past, are there people in your past who have influenced you for Christ? Say Amen. You know, all those people, those grandparents, those parents, those teachers, Sunday school teachers, those deacons, those school teachers, that person you just thought about, they influenced your past. You know what you're doing? You're living the legacy they left you because they have left you something. And this morning you thought about that person and you said, Amen, I remember that person. I remember that they had a purpose. They lived intentionally. And through them living intentionally, they left a legacy for me. And through the legacy they've left, I'm living that. In Matthew, it says, Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, is, there your heart will be also. And as you think about those people that's had an influence on you, you think about the legacy they left for you, and you're living that kind of legacy right now. I want you to think about this. What kind of legacy are you leaving? Because you know those people that's dedicated their lives and those people that you're thinking back on that made a difference in your life, they lived with a a purpose, and that purpose was they were going to leave you something to carry on. 
and, and thinking about that carrying on. Today, you're leaving something for that next generation to carry on. And what kind of legacy are you leaving them? Again, it's not too late to start. So I think when we find ourselves living abundant life, we find ourselves living with integrity, we find ourselves living with principle, and we find ourselves living with purpose intentionally in a certain way. And here's the last thing. We need to live our lives with eternity in mind. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, listen to what Paul wrote. Living with eternity in mind. Do not lose heart, or we do not lose heart, though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentarily light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which we see, they're temporary, but the things which are not seen, those things are eternal. You know, if you think about what Paul is saying, Paul is talking about living in the light of eternity. He's thinking about, I, I, there's some things, my body's decaying, it's falling apart, and, and things are changing, but you know what? I'm not looking at the things that are, that are temporary. I'm looking at the things that are, are to come. I'm looking at things for eternity. And I believe Paul had an abundant life because he realized that, that abundance can't be found in temporary things. Abundance can only be found in those things which are eternal. Paul, he said in Philippians 4, 11, I've learned the secret of being content no matter what circumstances I've had, what circumstances I'm in. And he goes on and talks about it and gives some examples. But, but Paul learned that, you know what? An abundant life is found in eternity. Abundant life is living a life, realizing we're moving towards eternity. Abundance not found in, in, in eternal things, but it's found in godly things. And there's no, uh, no matter what our circumstances may be, life can be filled with peace. You know, everything we've talked about over the last eight weeks is geared toward finding abundant life that God has promised us. And, and some, some of the things we talked about, they may be your strengths. Some of them that we talked about, they may be your weaknesses. And, and if you practice them, I think you'll find what God has promised is He's promised to give us an abundant life. I was talking to a guy at work one day. I, there's probably a book out there. If not, we ought to write a book about what's in the Bible and what's not in the Bible. Y'all ever thought about that? He was in. A, he talks all the time. He's real loud, and and he said it. It says in the Bible to thine own self be true. I thought, hmm. I didn't want to say no. It doesn't because I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, I said, well, does it say that in the Bible? Will anybody say yes or no? It's Shakespeare. I didn't give y'all a clue. That's Shakespeare. It doesn't say that in the Bible. But it, it sounds like it ought to be in the Bible, doesn't it? William Shakespeare, I, I looked this up. I didn't remember it from Miss Smith's class. Her name was Myra Smith. And the Oak Ridge Boys came out with a song, Elvira. So we called her Elmira. And she just thought it was so funny, you know. <laughs> We'd say, Elmira. Oh, y'all just did. <laughs> we talked about Shakespeare, Act 1, Scene 3. In Hamlet, uh, Thelonious. Is that right? 
English teachers? Philonius? Uh, Philonius has a son. Here's what the, here's what the uh, uh, Laertes is the son's name, pretty close to that. He says, Philonius says to his son, To thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night, the day, thou canst not then be false to any man. Farewell, my blessed season. This is thee. Now, that, that, all of that's not how we would talk, but, you know, have we all rolled our eyes at our parents before? It doesn't matter how old you are. You ever just went, oh, my goodness, you know, here, oh, my goodness. This is, here, the, here it goes again. I, I think we probably have. And, and, I mean, sometimes they just drone on and on. Haley, Haley's amen me up here. You couldn't hear her, Dina, but she amen me. They just go on and on. And on, and on. And sometimes we just go, oh, that's enough, that's enough. And, and that's what's happening here. Uh, Philonius, he, he, he's talking to his son, and his son, Laertes, he's about to leave and go to Paris. And as he's, as he's preparing to go to Paris, his, his parents have a, or his dad has parting words for him. And as his dad's giving him these parting words, it's really just a lot of long-winded advice. And, and he listens more than he talks. And, and not to borrow lend money, he says, don't borrow lend money from others. And don't, don't bling yourself out or be gaudy. That's kind of what we would say today. And, and, and famously, he said, and this above all, to thine own self be true. And, and as he He's talking that basically he's telling his son to be true to himself. And Shakespeare's original audience, they would have understood that when someone's not true to himself, he's false. In other words, in our language, he's a phony. And what his dad was saying, if you borrow someone else's money to buy a bunch of cool stuff for yourself and, and you're just really pretending to be something you're not. You're just, you're just, uh, you can't afford that stuff and it isn't yours because you had to borrow from somebody else or steal from someone else or, or get some, get this stuff through, through some other means. So as he's talking to his son, he says this, above all, be true to yourself. Don't, don't try to be something you're not. not. Don't try to put on something that, that, that others will see through and that you'll be a phony. So he says that above all of these things, to thine own self be true. Spiritually speaking, we can be in the same boat. I mean, spiritually, we can put on and we can go on and we can act and we can let others believe. But in the end, we know ourselves. In the end, we know who we are. And in the end, God knows us and God knows our minds. And, and when we live with eternity in our minds, we ourselves know if we truly live in with eternity in our minds, if we've truly made preparations for eternity and we have the abundant life that God desires, when we can look in the mirror and we can realize that that person we're looking at, above all else, be true to yourself. I'm going to make a change for once in my life. It's going to feel real good. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make it right. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. No message could have ever been any clearer. If you want to make this world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Who said that? Michael Jackson. How would y'all know that? There's not many messages you're going to hear Shakespeare and Michael Jackson in the same illustration. But listen, if you really want to make a change... If you really want to have an abundant life, 
then you know it starts with that man in the mirror. It starts above all being true to yourself and really thinking about, do I have the life that God wants? Am I living a life of integrity? Am I living a life of principles? Do I live a life intentionally with purpose? And do I live a life with eternity in mind? Father, I pray this morning as we think about the life you desire for us, Father, we'd be reminded of of those truths in Scripture that you said, I have come that you would have life and you'd have life more abundantly. Now the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you'd have life and have it abundantly. Father, I pray that as we look back over these last weeks and we really consider the life you desire for us, you desire that we'd have a life of joy, a life of peace. You desire that we'd live a life of hope. And Father, in all those things, when we begin to put them all together, we find abundance that you desire for us. Father, I pray this morning that as we look back and think about the life that you desire for us, I pray above all, we would look at ourselves through the eyes of the Father, through the help of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we'd be true to who we are. And Father, true to you in asking to make us better, to make us where we need to be. And Father, we know that you don't do that through some magic potion, but you do that through the urging of the Spirit, through the reading of your Word, through the understanding of your Word. You begin to mold us and make us into your image. I thank you, Father, that you tell us in your word that every morning you're making us anew, afresh and anew. Lord, I pray that we would just go through this life and live this life, walking in your ways in abundance of life, knowing that we have struggles, but the struggles that we face today never compare to the riches that await us in Christ Jesus. I pray, Lord, we'd focus upon the good things. Lord, we wouldn't hide from the bad. We wouldn't try to turn our back and bury our heads in sand, but we would deal with those things, but we wouldn't dwell on those things. But those things are right, those things that are true, those things that are just, we'd dwell upon those things. Father, I pray that we'd walk with you every hour, every minute, every day. Lord, I pray that your spirit would move this morning. I pray, Lord, that the truth of your word would be heard and would be on our hearts. And Lord, I pray that we'd respond to the wooing, to the calling of the Spirit. And I pray this now in the name of Jesus.